Welcome, action fans, and thanks for joining us for another edition of All 90s Action All the Time as we begin our 1994 season, uh, where each month we will look at the best and worst 1994 had to offer in action movies. And we can give you a heads up that 94 was an absolute stellar year for action, so we will be covering a number of stone-cold classics this year. As always, we kick off the year with January. We should maybe really do a theme tune for that at some change, yeah. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> and that voice you can hear, uh, that laugh that you heard right there, that is my co-host. He's a stand-up. He's a screenwriter. He's a newly minted professor. It's Mr. Craig Drime. I think we should start with a song called I Hate Daddy. <laughs> That's, that's that's true. That's that's, that's that I hate daddy. That's just, that's, it should be in the theme song for this episode. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> which is a part of the movie, and I can't tell. I guess we'll get into it. What was because I could only find one that was the dubbed version, and this for some reason, and so yeah. Oh, okay, okay, and yeah. um, and, you know, you will. Listener, I mean, you've probably read the the title of the podcast. You probably do know what movie it is. But in case you forgot to read the title or you, you're just blindly <laughs> listening to this episode, I suppose we should mention that this episode, we will be covering Drunken Master 2. Or as it was released in North America, mm -hmm. Legend of Drunken Master. Jackie Chan returns as the Drunken Master. Here's another one! Keep drinking! In the hazy world of the art of the drunken fist, there is a fine line you can never cross. Jackie Chan, Drunken Master 2. Drunken Master 2. Don't cross his path when he's drunk. So, your stats this time around is Drunken Master 2 was released on February the 3rd, 1994 in Hong Kong, but it did not reach US shores until the year 2000. 
Its listed directors are Chia Leung Lu, I hope I've pronounced that correctly, and Jackie Chan. More discussion of that in a little while. It was written by three writers, Edward Tang, whose uh, notable credits include a number of Jackie Chan movies, uh, Police Stories 1 through 3, Mr. Nice Guy, and Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, Ma and Man Ming Tong, uh, this is his only writing credit. And finally, Kai Chi Young, um, whose other notable writing credits are A Chinese Ghost Story and Once Upon a Time in China. I hope I've got all those names relatively well. I'm, I'm apologize uh, to any, um, any any Chinese or, or, or Hong Kong listeners who, I've, I've, you know, if if I got them wrong, you can you know complain in the in the comments and uh, I'll try and get them right uh, next, try and get them better uh, for January next year. Um, rating wise, it has an Rotten Tomato score of 84% based on 80 reviews, a Metacritic score of 74 based on 27 reviews, an IMDb score of 7.5 out of 10, and a letterbox score of 3.9. Box office wise, it made an estimated 34 million US dollars off an estimated 10 million dollar budget. That, um, although that's not quite true because um, Wikipedia listed the budget in Hong Kong dollars and the box office in, in US dollars. So that's 10 million Hong Kong dollars, which in today's money is roughly 1.27 US. Uh, uh, 1.27 million US dollars, uh, but that's currently today. I don't know what that was in 1994. Finally, Drunken Master 2 was named one of the top 100 films of all time by Time Magazine in 2005, and one of the top 10 action movies of all time by the British Films Institute in 2015. And that's your stats for this one. I will say too, it based on if you've listened to other episodes uh, or even our horror podcast, there's a certain famous film critic named Roger Ebert that usually is not too kind with certain types of movies. And but he praised Drunken Master as like one of the greatest with the final twenty minutes. Yeah, no, he, he was like really the perfect, it. yeah, the perfect example of an action sequence that nothing would ever top it. I think it's one of the things he said from there on out. Yeah, no, I, I read that as well, and um, I think it was me. Yeah, like he, you know, I, I guess he's not the biggest action fan, but I don't, I don't think he seemed to have the same uh, grudge or ire towards action as he did uh, horror. He seems to be yeah. like, you know, I read Roger Ebert reviews. There's many things I often agreed with him on, but like pretty much any time I read one of his horror reviews, I was like, yeah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I think you got this wrong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, he just had a real thing against horror. But yes, he was he was enthusiastic about this one, as, as were most, um, as were most critics, to be honest. Um, and I have to say, uh, I know that um, I've said before, I am a Jackie Chan fan. I very much am. Um, and, um, you know, he is, I've kind of 
gone through the kind of actors I've watched a lot of movies of on the uh, uh, on Letterbox, and he is in my top twenty. This was my this was the thirty seventh Jackie Chan movie I've seen, um, but it was not one I had, I had seen before. Drunken oh, really? Master Two, despite its reputation as one of his best, um, it been on my watch list for a while, but like. Uh, I never got round to it, so I, I'm just freshly getting round to it, which uh, may may surprise people, um, as given uh, what I previously said on other Jackie Chan episodes, where generally I've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So for me, this was one where I know we talked about it. Wasn't it? Might have been during Mister Nice Guy, where um, I remember when Rush Hour was either about to come out or was kind of coming out and mm-hmm. before that you would see maybe uh you could find in a bargain bin of like a vhs of um super cop which is um police story three yep and um but that was just kind of it occasionally but then um this was one where i actually for the longest time didn't know i heard there was a sequel to drunken master or part two, but I didn't know that it was this one because this was um, in the States, of course, called The Legend of the Drunken Master. So, and you couldn't really find anything on the first one from 1978. Mm-hmm. So I just assumed this was the first movie and that's how this was the first one I watched and all of that. So rewatching it after all these years, I was like, wait, I've seen this one. I didn't think I saw the sequel, but yeah, so it was one of those. Things, yeah, but right. um uh, but no i always kind of jackie chan is really one of those ones that i'll stick through even though even especially recently he's had a lot of um kind of bad <laughs> not great movies but um, yes I, I there's there's a lot of ones more in more recent years uh i've not seen like i've not seen yeah. his his latest what you know the latest one that came out um i was going to say this year um because we're oh, recording yeah. this in 2023 but like um obviously you're listening to this in 2024 uh, but like the the john cena one the uh, yes. strike I, I not like i've not caught that you know it's, it's supposed to be bad um yeah. and um yeah but uh, yeah there, so yeah so i you know he's one that i like i try and stick with and I think it was always because watching it, especially at a young age, I love, especially by the end, because you would get the, yeah, we did talk about this before, the kind of blooper reel stuff, which was just fascinating to watch. And so he was kind of my main entry into, especially Kung Fu movies or Chinese martial art films. um, you know, besides Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon or um, Fist of Fury and stuff like that, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. Like um, you know, Jackie Chan and uh, you know Bruce Lee, the kind of handful of Bruce Lee films we got, they were kind of my main gateway into uh, Hong Kong cinema and, uh, and martial arts cinema, uh, mm-hmm. f- for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I have to say, I, I there, I am quite curious about some of his later ones even though they are supposed to be uh quite quite bad you know um yeah because like there is some that i'm just like well you know <laughs> it can't be that bad 
how how bad can how bad yeah. can how can bad can it be? You know, yeah. like because there, because like, I was, I was kind of looking through uh, you know his filmography like the other day, and I, I know he has that one that like um he has, he has that one uh, Dragon Blade um where yes. it's like a kind of uh, Chinese epic, and it's got Adrian Brody in it, it's got John Cusack in it, and I'm like oh, Jackie Chan. John Cusack, Adrian Brody, you know, yeah. How bad can it be? <laughs> you know, but like this, this is how they get you because, like, I've seen loads of movies like that. That's like, well, this cast, you know, like, yeah, can't be that bad. Yeah, yes, it can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you keep falling for this? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, and his last kind of big one over here was it didn't even go that well of what whereas it was very much marketed as this is Jackie Chan taking on you've never seen him like this before. It was the what was it, the foreigner. Yes, um, uh, which Pierce is Brosnan actually and, supposed to be quite good. I remember is, that getting yeah. good reviews. So I've not seen that, but like I remember that getting good reviews. I that's one I want to check out for sure. Yeah. No, I, um, I enjoyed it, but I don't think anybody went to see it that's like, yeah or something I like, think, yeah i think that's maybe i don't know there is certain people that i i don't think people audiences like seeing in a different light you know that they they don't want to see dark broody jackie they want yeah. to see like you know slapstick comedy martial arts jackie you know like yeah. that's 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 what they want to see you know it's not that it's not what it's not what they came for but like i i heard that one was good um uh, unlike some of the other ones that i want to check out just for the kind of amusement value like i said like like a dragon blade or that movie he did with arnie which is supposed to be bad <laughs> iron mask yeah. um, you know like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um some of those i might check out for the for the for the for the laughs but like yeah. um but uh but no, a foreigner. I kind of want to check out um, uh, for you know for the movie itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so that's funny that you you felt that you hadn't seen this one before, um, but but you actually had. Now, yeah. uh, before we get into the film, um, what we used to do in the podcast is we used to go through the plot kind of beat by beat, um, so there was no need uh, for a plot synopsis. Um, but uh, we kind of changed it up uh, to kind of uh, because the podcast was getting more and more gargantuan <laughs> in length. Um, so, so we just you know a while ago we decided to change it up and and kind of talk more generally um, about the about the films um, like they do on on most other podcasts. I see why most other podcasts don't go through the plot beat by beat because it's like it it can kind of. Uh, you know, it can kind of drag on. Although some people, I think people did still enjoy it. So I'm I'm hoping that people still enjoyed those episodes um, uh, as much as we enjoyed recording them. But as we are doing it a bit differently, as we're kind of uh, bouncing back and forth more, um, Craig, can you give us a brief plot synopsis of Drunken Master 2? Yes. So uh, Jackie Chan's character, I'm sorry if I mispronounce it's um fang fei wong fei hong yeah um, yeah yes wong fei um so he is going through 
traveling with his father through customs and he doesn't want his father to pay the extra tax so he puts the ginseng in uh basically a what, a british exp not an expatriate but a british He's like a diplomat uh, yeah i know they give a different word in the He's the, he's, but, the, he's the Brit, he's the head of the consulate so i think he's yes. the british consul yes so he puts it in the suitcase so that they can walk right through and then he was going to get it afterwards and then while on the train as he's going to retrieve it there's another man that is stealing a box from the same suitcase he chases the man and the, the two fight i'll try and make this even more brief but it ends up turning out that they switched the ones so now the the thief has the ginseng and jackie chan's character has basically a chinese artifact and that is what they then start look that there are people looking for within the british government that's over there at the time and yeah trying to find and basically then what happens is we get a series of there's a steel mill that is being now run by uh a branch of, of the british government and they're definitely not up to good i guess yeah. we'll get to wink wink up to and evil. <laughs> yes and then throughout the whole thing, he's just trying to kind of, um, I don't know, honor his father, but he keeps messing up because he does this thing called drunken boxing, which he needs to get drunk to do, to you know, do successfully. And he is he likes martial arts and fighting, and that's what he resorts to. But his father is kind of a very respectable doctor and doesn't believe he should be fighting, and so that's a lot of the the clashing between the two of them until then it turns out that this kind of section of the British government are are basically taking all of the these Chinese artifacts so they can put them in their own museum and these people that now own the steel mill are using that as a front to steal these artifacts from the Chinese people basically and sell to the British government for lots of money and it's up to jackie chan to kind of stop it but then yeah it there's a, a series of other <laughs> scenes that are slow or loosely connected but that's the general plot of it until he fights in the steel mill and yeah what it, a lot of people talk about is one of the greatest kind of martial art our most iconic martial art fight scenes ever done <laughs> yeah absolutely and um yeah we will we will talk about that end fight scene obviously in a yeah. while um uh not right now but like there's great fights uh throughout the movie um one of the things i i think i wanted to to bring up kind of first of all is like that kind of opening section uh when they're you know the the mistake with the ginseng and the and the chinese artifact and i don't know if it's just because like uh when that when that section happens and the british are looking for that artifact on the train and then 
like uh, a kind of counterintelligence officer uh, played by Andy Lau is uh, he kind of gets Jackie and, and Co out of jail uh, by kind of saying like uh, oh no nah, they you know they definitely don't have it uh, it's 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 all good um, we, you know you yeah. can you, you can just leave them alone and I think that. I think that, like, because of that, and I, I think maybe just because, like, I've seen a bunch of Hong Kong films, and I know that Andy Lau is quite a big star. I assumed that Andy Lau would play like a role in the movie, but he's yeah. literally just in those scenes on the train, and I was really thrown by that. I was like, "What? He's just—it's just, it's just yeah. a cameo? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you hired him just to play this like cameo character that basically gets him out of jail like at one time, and then it's like." Oh, he's counterintelligence because because they even like make a point when they see his ID card that he's like counterintelligence. That like, I was like, oh, okay, all right, that that's obviously going to come up, you know? Yeah, so, no, they, it, it's not. They set it up completely. They give so much information and highlight him so much at the beginning that you're like, okay, so he has to pop up. And I remember after. No, I completely agree of that. Yeah, he pops up so much so that, and they give so many hints that by the end, I felt like I maybe I missed something where I had to go back through. Um, I actually, after watching it, I reread the wiki, Wikipedia plot synopsis thing. I, I kept trying to figure out if he came back through even at the end. I was like, yeah. he has to have been in here at some point because why would they put so much focus on him? But no, he just, that's it. Yeah, because like they kind of, in the kind of opening sequence, um, in the kind of line to go onto the train, and then when they're on the train, they kind of cut back and forth to him like three or four times. And then when you get the reveal that he's a counterintelligence officer, that very much feels like foreshadowing. You're like, well, that means... He, he might be gone for like a while, but he, he's definitely going to turn up in the last 20 minutes and like help, uh, you know, J Jackie or, or his, his character, Wong Fei Hong, uh, to like take down the British consul or, or something. And it, it just felt so much like foreshadowing that I was like, when he just didn't turn up again, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So thrown by it. <laughs> yeah. And that would be my <laughs> weirdest complaint about the because the action sequences are amazing. Um, so I'm not deterring from that, but yeah, there are, I felt like throughout certain things where like, there's either relationships that they try to develop a little, like the one with the, um, what's her name? Fun, the woman that's obviously interested in, um, Oh, the, uh, the yeah, fun, fun. The woman who uh, who works at the fish market. Yes, um, yeah. So it's like they have this whole element of her wanting to be trained specifically by him and drunken boxing. That they like. Okay, so is this supposed to be a like, romance subplot? And there's all these different little elements like that that then just really don't go anywhere. It does feel interesting because. Like some of the relationships in the film kind of don't really work. 
Um, there, there's a lot of great stuff in this film. There, there is a reason why the BFI rated it as one of the, the be- t- yeah. 10 uh, best action movies of all time. There, there is a reason why this uh, movie got uh, rave reviews, and the reason is a lot to do with uh, the martial arts. And we will discuss the many, many great things this this film has to offer. But there is, there is certain flaws, <laughs> um, and so yeah, some of the relationships don't make sense. I don't think that makes much sense. And also, uh, the other character who who works at the fish market, who I, I now can't remember the name of, is um, that Shang? The one who basically becomes his second, like they join together randomly. Yes. So yeah. that relationship um, doesn't uh, quite work. Yes. Shang. Uh, yes. It's spelled T S A N G, which I think is Shang. Um, yeah. But like, um, I, I hope I'm getting that, 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 that correct. Um, yes. Because he, his character starts out as he's kind of, he's a bit cocky. Um, he thinks that his martial arts is better than than Jackie's martial arts. They have a bit of a scuffle at the market. They kind of set him up as kind of like a love rival for fun, um, and they it kind of sets up like it's going to be like this love triangle throughout the film, and maybe he's going to be like antagonist. He's going to be like a a kind of secondary antagonist um, in, in the movie, like a kind of lower level one uh, that you know Jackie can deal with quite easily. Uh, but you know he's going to be that kind of uh, kind of little bit of a bully character, um, a little bit of a cocky, and a little bit of a know it all. Um, but then he just they become like best buds like halfway yeah. through the movie, and like <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, basically, not long after, like Jackie, like kind of embarrasses him and kind of beats him up in the the fish park. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, actually, we've been allies all along." And you're like, "We're actually great friends." And it's like, yeah. it's quite confusing. Yeah, <laughs> it. I don't know. There's just a lot of moment because even so, the main relationships are between him and his father. Yes, and then. There's him, and I don't know, maybe, I know it's based loosely off of um, what, a real person. Yes, but, so, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Wong Fei Hong is, is a real martial arts, um, a real martial arts master uh, from the 19th century. Um, but he's like a kind of Cantonese kind of folk hero. And there's yeah. like just dozens of films like made about him um with him as his like central character like the once upon a time time in china films they're also the main protagonist is one fei hong and there's just tons of hong kong movies that have one fei hong as like the 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 lead protagonist in 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 the movie so like obviously it's very vaguely based on uh, on this character because like drunken boxing as it exists in the movie, doesn't exist in real life. There is a drunken boxing style in real life, but it is not performed or enhanced by drinking alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, which uh, yeah, we'll get into that during the the fight stuff. But um, but anyway, so there's which I don't know why they added it in this way. And I don't know if it's just because that's who they cast, but it's like they had, so the stepmother who I believe she 
was it was played by an actress that was younger than Jackie Chan, if I was right. But um, uh, yes, so and uh, and the late uh, the late Anita Muir, yeah. who, who sadly uh, passed away in two thousand and three at the age of yeah. only forty. Um, yeah, she is uh, nine years uh, younger yeah. than than Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan was born nineteen fifty four, and she was born in nineteen sixty three. So so they play it. One, like she's older, which I know happens anyways with women in movies, but then what is it? So she's his stepmother, but also his aunt, but also she's obviously been around enough or some long enough that he considers her like a mother because they have this really strong bond. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, there's just then he's also played like a like a, a man that's just coming of age. Some of the way they talk about him, like, oh, he's like he's an 18 year old, which Jackie Chan by the time of this movie would have been. I forgot the I looked I had the math in my head, but <laughs> he would have been in his 30s or I don't think um, 40s. So yeah, so I think I guess it does play a bit weird because um I think the character in the movie is supposed to be about 21 and okay. um jackie in real life was well um when the movie came out in 1994 he would have been 40 um yeah. so even if the film was uh you know shot in 1993 he still would have been 39 um so you know i am currently 38 and i definitely could not pass <laughs> for a 21 year old and neither yeah. could jackie <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, not at all. That's what I'm saying. You're watching it, and she makes some comment at one point when she's trying to deter the father of like, oh well, he's what she talks about being pregnant, or well, um, Wong Fei Hung. He's at that age now where he's just, I think he's ready to have a relationship, and like he's starting to think about w- girls, or like that's how she's phrasing it. I'm like, wait a minute, how old <laughs> is he right now? <laughs> yes um yeah so like i said I'm, I'm sure i remember reading that yeah the character is supposed to be around okay. 2021 um and um yeah so we, we've got we got 40 year old jackie playing like 20 years 20 years younger than, than he is but then i mean action stars have often done often yeah. done that of like just just having their age um uh just shaved off it, it's a bit like I guess one of the more recent hilarious, egregious examples of this is when uh, the movie Hobbs and Shaw um, tried to convince us that Jason Statham and Vanessa Kirby could be brother and sister, and that's fine if the, the you know you know different mother stepmother kind of situation. But no, they show a flashback where they're roughly of a similar age, <laughs> and like Jason Statham is a man in his fifties who's about twenty years older than Vanessa Kirby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he looks like he's in his fifty. He like he's a he's a man that's in shape. I'm not gonna say that, but no, he definitely looks like he's an older individual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think like the 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 boldness doesn't help with that. Like, cause yeah. like, I think um, Jason Statham is one of those guys who kind of always looked forty. So he he looks like he's much younger than his age now. 
But like when he was younger, he still he just always it was something about the baldness and the, the and the, the stubble and that kind of the kind of face that he has. It just it just looks permanently middle aged, which is useful in old age, but doesn't make kind of age you in younger age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, cutting cutting back to the movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so plot itself. <laughs> so yeah, the relationships are strange in that part i mean the focus is primarily as i said before on the um on the son and father and kind of their dynamic but then that even shifts i don't know because it's supposed to be a comedy this is i know for that character that kind of folk hero it's one of the first time or maybe only still up until this point but i know at the time it was the the first time that where they kind of made it humorous the stories well, around this. the original drunken master is quite humorous yes like, i mean but like, like um jackie chan's version of the character is oh the yes yes the jackie yeah. chan's version of the character yes that, that's that's correct because he's usually um it's usually not more comical it, like a kind of more traditional take on it would be something like the the once upon a time in china movies yeah. Um, where he's, you know, he's this very kind of noble character, and 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 you know, it's, it's, there's all that gravitas to the character, and um, so like, yeah, that that's that's the much more normal uh, version uh, of of Wong Fei Hong on screen. Um, yeah, yeah, this this is the kind of slapsticky version we get here. Is and- is a bit different. Yeah. I I did want to do, like again on kind of some of the weirdness of the movie i guess i did want to talk about that as well in terms of the comedy um what i think there's like different uh, aspects of the comedy that I, I think would be interesting to talk about um one of the things is the kind of the tonal shifts so yes. apparently <laughs> apparently jackie um wanted the character to be more responsible in this film so the original was made 16 years before in 1978 and it's pure slapstick and like he you know the character gets drunk and he fights and 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 he has fun with it um but jackie at this stage felt that he had more responsibility he had more influence in the world on 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 young fans didn't want young impressionable fans to become alcoholics or whatever um even though i think based on this movie that would be very unlikely but all the same i I, like uh it doesn't paint it well yeah 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 but um it is interesting how that is portrayed in the movie where some of the drinking is fun and goofy, just like it was an original Drunken Master, but then there is this other side to it where um, where they kind of show the dark side of drinking, and they have like they, they have Jackie kind of down and out, and and they you know they show where he pushes alcoholism too far, and and all this kind of stuff, and I'm not sure like the the slapstick stuff works the, the like the that you know when he's he's playful with it where he's fighting drunk and, and stuff like that i'm not sure the germanic stuff and um, when he's yeah. when he's at his lowest low um and he you know he swears not to drink again and his father kicks him out of the house uh does that does that does that work i like it jackie is great he's he's one of I, I think Jackie is one of the greatest physical actors of all time, but as a Germanic actor, 
not not as not as good and I'm, I'm not sure that he sells those moments all that no. well I, I don't know if you have a different opinion Greg no I agree I was actually um <laughs> that's one of my notes as well that it does feel so he drinks and he fights the so one of the first fights against the foreman and kind of the goons I guess um he gets drunk he's taken them all out and then he gets he drinks too much and kind of goes after his father because he's drinking some, but then everything gets revealed. Yeah. And it takes this turn of him being too drunk and he's thrashing around and it just feels out of sync with what we've led up with for that, what 30 minutes prior or whatever, however long it was, I didn't keep track of time, but, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then it switches after a bit and, yeah, it, it feels like it comes from two different movies instead of like, oh, here's a, you know, one cohesive movie of, oh, it's a comedy, but with a dramatic scene versus, no, this just feels like it's completely out of something else. Um, for me, and yeah, for yeah, you know, you and I do, the same feel, way. <laughs> I do feel like when we have like this kind of uh, darkest hour moment and um, where he's too drunk to fight, um Ken Lowe's character and uh, Ken Lowe's character just kind of beats him up and then and then the kind of henchman that he like that Jackie beat up earlier um he, they like uh, strip him and they they hang him from the market with uh, like um um with a, a sign attached to him you know and and all this uh yeah like like you I felt that was out of a different movie like a like a, a grittier, bloodier movie, um, and it just didn't quite fit with the tone of, of most of the rest of the movie. Which yeah. most of the rest of the movie is highly comical, um, it's played for laughs, is very slapsticky. Um, yeah. So until I, yeah, they're, I yeah, until later on, then they're tortured again. It's like that happens twice in the movie, of and it goes really dark where they get um, imprisoned. By the uh, British consulate of, and they're beaten up in the prison cells and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, geez, <laughs> what's what? Yeah, going and that on was right kind of that was that was really kind of weird as well because like that that was almost like as much as that was a dark sequence, it was almost kind of weirdly funny as well, yeah. just because of like the kind of goofy costumes that the British guards are wearing. They're they're basically. Um, if for people who've maybe not seen the movie, and if you haven't seen the movie, um, obviously we spoil all of it already. Yes, We're going to spoil yeah. more of it now, and um, you should maybe probably go away and watch the movie and and come back to uh this point in the episode. Um, so yeah, the guards are wearing basically like kind of rugby uniforms, and but they've got like black boxing gloves on, and uh, yeah, they're just they're just beating up um Shang and uh, and 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 Wong Fei. Uh, yeah. Wong Fei Hong, and it was kind of yeah. It just looked weird. I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if that was traditional uniform uh, for for the British in Hong Kong yeah. <laughs> back in the day, back in the uh, early twentieth sure. century. <laughs> I mean, w why not? Yeah, they're all going to dress like rugby players with boxing gloves. Um, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a bit weird, but like, yeah. I think like the other thing uh, with with the comedy. Is 
uh, I think some of the comedy, uh, particularly, is is maybe not aged well, or yeah. is maybe, uh, or maybe just hits a Western eye kind of differently, um, because like, I will say, Anita Mew as a stepmother is great. She is yeah. great in this movie, and she she has a lot of really funny moments. Um, and she even kind of makes him the moment where Jackie is like kicked out of the house and like the father is like beating everybody up with like uh with a you know a, a kind of stick, you know, it's kind of disciplining them. Um but even Anita's move performance, which kind of makes it still not too bad, it, it does feel very awkward. It feels very kind of like, oh, we're laughing at domestic violence yeah um i'm not sure maybe not <laughs> yeah yeah and then because there's a whole sequence and it's a great in terms of the physicality of it sequence where she's like she pretty much reveals that she's pregnant but she might not even be she might just be saying that um that's kind of the hint that's given yeah. but then she's like, I'm just going to get rid of this baby then because I don't want to live in this world. And she keeps trying to jump on the ground belly first. And the father's then catching her. And it's and yeah, this is really <laughs> great bit of physical comedy, I would say, of what she's doing with her body during it. But yeah, the the joke is that she's trying to abort this fetus by jumping stomach first i guess it's... yes and and she she announces that she's pregnant or is maybe possibly not pregnant to get out of like being quote-unquote <laughs> disciplined yeah. um with a large bamboo stick um so it's yeah it just it uh, feels all very awkward despite the fact that like she is it is a great piece of physical comedy from her and I would say that outside of Jackie himself, I would say that Anina Mew is the is the kind of secondary star of this movie. Yeah, because I think a lot of the the best comedy comes from her and like her banter with Jackie, and like all those moments that she does to try and like hide her gambling addiction that she clearly has, <laughs> um, all that kind of stuff. I think it works, uh, and when she. When she kind of rushes past people uh, to get the wine uh, to 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 help Jackie in his fight in the in the market and the kind of physical comedy of that, I, I, yeah, I think like she really has like a star turn in this movie. She does, you know, definitely. Um, well, it's even they make it funny. And she does well, and again, that's like a, not a domestic violence joke, but it's a violence against women joke of where the villain or one of the villains hits her and that's kind of what sparks the fight but then instead of playing it fully like here she got hit it's like the whole joke is that she's now trying to give um jackie chan instructions and yell to him but she can't because her jaw is hurt or something so she's talking with her mouth open like <laughs> trying to talk to him and that's the joke of it and like she does a great job with it. Again, it's like another one of those elements of like, it's from what you're doing with it is really funny, but the content of what or the basis of 
what led to this choke. I don't know if it. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I it was one of those things of like, I did feel a little bit awkward about about laughing, but because like her performance sells it so well, and because she is so funny shouting the instructions, even though she can't actually shout the instructions because you know are, are kind of she's acting as if her jaws locked so she's like you say is just kind of going you know yeah. um that yeah because she sells it so much like you do kind of end up laughing even though like you say the source of where this joke came from is questionable <laughs> and that brings up another thing about the plot is that I know this is kind of a recurring thing within Jackie Chan movies that I've seen where the villains seem to be, I just have no, nobody questions them. You think about with her that they hit her and everybody's like, like, whoa, you know, they're, they're scared about it. But then Jackie Chan is the one who gets in trouble for fighting in the market, so on and so forth. But then it's the same when they have point blank kill again spoiler they kill that um master and then yes, master like, Fu, who yeah, is, is then, played by the 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 co-director um yes well he's not really a co-director i guess well uh, you finish your point and then i, got, I guess okay. we'll maybe talk about that for a second yes <laughs> so master Fu, who is the one who is trying to steal back the um emerald kind of or the yeah the artifact in the beginning he is hit with an axe later on with it and then he's shot point blank people see it but then everybody's upset with jackie chan's character for then trying to like get um not even revenge but just like take care of these corrupt people you're like oh there's and, and i don't know if it's just the plot of those movies but i think it happened in mr nice guy as well I feel like it's just this thing of like the, the villains just getting away with it and then him looking more like a jerk when he tries to help. <laughs> yeah, I think that like, um, I think it maybe makes slightly more sense here than in Mr. Nice Guy, just because like, I think it's supposed to portray, you know, what a kind of, you know, that uh, the people who, are connected to the British consulate can just kind of get away with anything and the kind of the kind of grip the, the British had on the area and, and stuff yeah. like that and like the kind of corrosive influence of the British and um so I think I kind of went with it more in this movie than than in Mr. Nice Guy, where it's like, you know, the you know, it's not it's that it's just one gang. It's just one gang. It's not like they own the area or they they control the area, you know, in, in the same in the same sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, you know, dis despite my uh despite coming from the UK, I do always enjoy these movies. Um that um it's just like fuck the British. Fuck the <laughs> British and everything they've done to us. Um, so, <laughs> and you definitely get that sense in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And it is interesting because, like, um, uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, we covered, like, Police Story 3, uh, Super Cop, 
um, where obviously the the you know he teams up with Michelle Yeoh, and and then that kind of was like a like a, a team up of like Hong Kong and China and like getting along and and you know obviously um, it's not that well, well it's not that long after this it's 1997 that um, you know Hong Kong's handed over back to China so I, I feel like there's a more kind of uh, uh, you know pro-China kind of anti-British uh, kind of uh, thing. Uh, going on particularly in that kind of 90s period as as, as we're kind of getting to that stage of like you know because they knew years in advance that the handover would take place in 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 97 um but uh but yeah i, I feel like that that's very much um was uh, of that of that uh, moment which is uh like i say you know like um you know the british have done a lot of bad things in the world um Obviously, this is a movie podcast. We can't really go into it in depth, but um, yeah, it's always good to see um, British villains get a, a good uh, kicking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you were going to talk about the co-director. Yes. Um, so he's not really a co-director um, in in the sense that um, you know, obviously, there are directing partnerships um, where two people direct. A movie together. Um, this is not the case here. Uh, what happened with this movie is the actor and director who played uh, Master Fu. Um, basically, he had a different vision for the movie. Um, he wanted to have um, more of the kind of grounded fighting that we see in the beginning of the movie where Master Fu and Wong Fei Hung have a fight with a kind of stick fight under the bridge and out of the train and stuff like that. And um, so more hard-hitting style of martial arts. Um, and I think there was a number of other disagreements that he had um, with, uh, with Jackie. Apparently Jackie didn't like um, his uh, shooting style and... Um, yeah, I I think also yes, uh, also the the um uh Xia Lung uh Xi Liang Lu um who is not actually credited as that in the movie, he's credited as something else. Um interestingly enough. Um because like it's interesting because he has like kind of two names he's like he's listed on IMDB as um Xia Liang Lu, um, but he's credited in the movie as Lao Kar Lung. Um, so um, I don't really, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. I don't know if that was like he just had like a stage name because he was an actor as well. He was in a number of Shaw Brothers movies. But um, yes, the other thing that they had the disagreement about was um, that he uh, wanted to use wire work and Jackie Chan was very much against using any wire work. Um, so they buried heads a number of times over the course of the movie. Uh, and then eventually, um, I will, I'll guess I'll just pick one name to stick with. Uh, Xia Liang Lu um, walked off set and, okay. and you know, washed his hands of the movie. And uh, Jackie basically uh, shot the final uh the final battle sequence like that kind of last uh 20 minutes which apparently uh took roughly uh four months uh to shoot 
um okay. like <laughs> according to the imdb trivia each day um keep they came away with about three seconds of usable footage so they, they, that that final section yeah. took about four months uh to shoot so um but i i think that that was the the only bit that Jackie actually directed just that that final battle at the uh, the ironworks, which obviously a very complicated shoot. Um, yeah. So which landed them the co-directing credit. Okay, it makes sense, I guess, why it takes so long too. Because um, again, spo- well, I guess not really spoilers by this point, but for those that watch it, there's so much use of fire and dangerous elements that you're like, you really could only accomplish one stunt a day based on what you see especially with the bloopers um in the credit sequence the impact that it takes on jackie's body <laughs> and other yeah, people absolutely. in the area yeah yeah actually i i didn't actually know until like last year um uh, where i heard it somewhere else that um because like you know obviously I've watched Jackie Chan films since I was a kid and I very much associate him with the bloopers and, and just thought that was something that he did. Um, but apparently that's something he took from uh, Hal Needham after he was in uh, the, the Cannibal Run. Is it Cannibal Run 2 he's in or the first one? Um, um, anyway, the, the, one that. of the Cannibal Run movies that he was in, um, which was directed by you know Hal Needham, who also did the Smokey and the Bandit films and stuff like that. Yeah, and it was that it was that's where he he took the inspiration to, for the for the blooper reel thing. Oh, well, no, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Um, no, I what I will say too, I guess, um, kind of as we're talking about these fight sequences, never going to get more in depth into that. Um, trying to think which one I want to discuss first. Um, well, in terms of the fight, fighting in general, I was surprised. I f- you forget just how, I guess, great or just how amazing Jackie is able to control his body, especially when he's doing the when he's fighting drunk, and you see that like stumbling element and you're like geez he just is in complete control as an actor to be able to like the physicality and everything about it is i think it's just something to behold what he was able to do in general i mean like he often gets you know he often gets dubbed and i think he's even kind of said it himself as like the kind of buster keaton of martial arts and you know that's very true because he kind of perfectly merges he kind of perfectly merges Bruce Lee and Buster Keaton um, in in one body, which is kind of uh, amazing. And and it's I think that's something we should really celebrate. That you know, because we kind of talked about uh, some some of uh, Jackie's kind of dramatic deficiencies. But like I say, I think as a physical actor, he is unmatched in yeah. in what he can do and the things he can do. And both in terms of, of selling the martial arts and the selling the comedy and like merging the two, I think there's nobody can beat him. Yeah. Because especially, yeah, when it gets to, I'd even notice that the, I'd say it was the first fight sequence when he gets drunk with the kind of goons where, uh-huh. um, and it obviously during the final one, 
it's extremed even more. But yeah, there's this point, those points where he's like, so he's drunk and he's stumbling, but then he stops himself and it's like he's just holding himself up with just one leg, but his body is basically at 90 degree angle. <laughs> he's just holding himself there. And there's kind of all these little moments like that. And yeah. I yeah, would absolutely. never be able to do that. <laughs> you're, you're looking at it, you're like, I don't even know how somebody's body can do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, there's so there's so many moments like that, and there's, uh, but I mean, like, uh, I guess it's not just Jackie because I I think that like, you know, the others do really well as well. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we talked about the physical comedy of uh, Anita Mu, and it also like, um, I think you know a, a lot of the villains as well, um, you know, are, are obviously show off. Uh, great martial arts, particularly, uh, particularly Ken Lo as John, who ends up being the kind of main fight at the end. Even yeah. though that was not the original plan, the original plan that he was going to fight uh, Ho Sung Pak, who plays Henry, um, uh, who is the kind of first uh, foreman guy that that we see. Who who it does it, which makes sense. Because yeah. um, when the the factory workers threaten to go on strike, it is uh, Henry is the the person we see, and he seems to at that point in the movie he seems like the top henchman of yeah. the British consul, um, and Ken Lo's character doesn't come in until about halfway through during that kind of he's too drunk scene so he's introduced later on in the movie and you're kind of surprised that he kind of usurps henry as like top guy because you're kind of like where was john for half the movie um yeah. isn't henry the, like the main guy and so it kind of makes sense that henry was originally supposed to be the main opponent but apparently the actor who played him it when they were trying to do the kind of final fight sequence, he, you know, he kept, uh, you know, twisting his ankle, spraining his ankle, and oh. it just he couldn't, it, it couldn't, couldn't do it. Um, so, so that's how it ended up going to to Ken Lowe's John character. Okay, that makes sense then, because, yeah, the, I mean, so the whole opening sequence is that he is now the new foreman, Henry, and yeah, it shows him basically without getting a scratch, being able to take out every single kind of steel worker <laughs> there yeah. or iron worker with no issue whatsoever. And then then to watch the the first fight scene between Jackie and them and him just kind of kind of take him down fairly easy. Like, oh, okay. Well I guess something happened in between that <laughs> they just kind of made him not as great as he was a moment ago but okay yeah because like you say he's he's introduced in this kind of really formidable way and then it it doesn't take jackie that much more effort to overcome him than to overcome like the kind of goons you know like the kind of just standard uh villain goons that you know they're usually taken out quite easily so yeah. it is it is quite surprising oh he does seem he does seem to kind of you know if this was like a video game he does seem to regain points by the end of the movie it, it, because like in the final ironworks fight 
like Henry does seem a bit kind of more badass again, even yeah. though so he kind of he kind of varies throughout the movie. He's, he's kind of he's really badass in that first ironworks fight where he's fighting the fighting the iron workers to get them back in line. He's not he's he's gone way down in the market fight and he goes back up again in the final ironworks fight. <laughs> He gets his power when he's in the ironworks. Area. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's where it's connected. That's it's, it's yeah. like you know, outside of that zone, he's like he's not as good, but like all his all his all his uh, yeah all his uh, kind of uh, fighting points are in in the ironworks. It's like it's like um, in a video game. If he was in a video game, that would be his stage. But outside of his stage, it's you know he's useless. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, another thing about the um, this movie that I forgot, or maybe didn't even recognize, is how, as we've already talked about, it's you know, regarded very highly. Um, it's very influential, but even how influential of turn in terms of, like I was watching it, and um, you know, for example, I love um, the movies of Stephen Chow, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, of course. Um, there's like the kung fu hustle fight scene with the axes, and then there's the axe fight scene in this, where I was like, "Oh, this is right from," or this inspired kung fu hustle. And like there were all these moments where it's like, "Oh, that was in this movie that took place," you know, years later. We're just seeing how many times that you know this this film inspired other movies, or maybe they. It was all subconscious, and they didn't think about it that way. But still, <laughs> yeah, it I felt mean, like it. you you just never know with these things because, like, sometimes um, films very consciously um, borrow from from something else. From, but you know, I know certainly uh, from from my years of doing New Horror Express, talking to a lot of horror directors. Sometimes I'll be like, and and this scene seems really influenced by X, and it's actually turned out that. Either, either they'll say like, "Oh yeah, I guess I wasn't thinking about it at the time," but yeah, I can see that. Or sometimes it'll be like, "I've not even seen that movie. What is that movie?" And and you, you and you'll be like, "Oh, you know, it's it's this," and you tell them about it, and then then they'll be like, "Oh, that does sound very similar." So so you know, it's it's one of those strange things that sometimes people are subconsciously doing things, and sometimes people are are doing things without even realizing that it it looks so similar to to something else and uh, yeah. so, so you just never know with these things yeah uh, so before we go into kind of the final fight the what everybody talks about i will say what was straight so i rented my the version off of um amazon prime and then it was under drunken master 2 but one, I got only the dubbed version, so I'm not sure what was lost in the dubbing because it was not a great dubbing, obviously. But then the second thing was that so after the final fight, he drinks um, you know, a bunch of the the alcohol that they throw into the to help keep the fires burning, and we'll talk about that in a second. But he blows the these bubbles, it shows, and when the final bubble pops right before he passes out from the alcohol, um, the audio completely shut off. And I thought maybe it was a glitch. 
So I would rewind it and restart it, and it kept. Yeah, it didn't. It was just that cut, where then the there would be no sound during the scene where they're celebrating that they got their property back, that the consulate was gone, like all that stuff. No sound whatsoever, even though his parent or his dad and his stepmother are talking to like the officials. They come back to their home. The kind of servant is talking as well. Nothing. And then when um, Jackie Chan turns around and it shows from all of the alcohol he had to drink, he now has permanent, I guess, brain damage is what they say. It's said. Um, then the audio snaps on for the final kind of um, music bit. But yeah, there's right. a good, I'd say, That's one good. minute sequence of no sound. I didn't know if it was very yeah. strange. Very strange. No, that that did not happen when I rented it on YouTube. So like, um, so it's it, it, it's it's all very strange. I guess like, um, we're kind of doing things a little bit back to front because uh, talking about the the very very end and and then going back yeah. to the final fight. But yes, the interesting thing about the very very end is that um when it was first released in north america that very very end was a uh, cut out of the movie it basically just after the final fight finishes like the movie just kind of wraps up apparently in the original north american cut because um that discussion they they have um uh with the the, the stepmother and the father and the official and they're, they're kind of talking about like because you know they, they you know the official wants to see Wong Fei Hong, you know, the, the yeah. you know the hero, this hero, and um, they're like, no, no, you can't see him, you can't see him, and they're trying to hide the fact that he's blind. Okay. Um, uh, that you know, he, yeah, that's what they're trying to hide the, the the fact that he he is now blind because of the alcohol poisoning because he's been he drunk this uh, all this industrial alcohol. Um. And then when they go into the, the, the you know, the, the official finally convinces them to to let them see Wong Fei Hong, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, he's just training, he's just training, um, you know, and, and then they talk to, um, you said the servant, but I think he's actually supposed to be Wong Fei Hong's brother in the movie. Um, okay, so yeah, in the uh, dubbed version, they say, they talk about him like he's the servant, but I thought he was right. the brother, that's one of the weird things. It's another yeah, well, one so in the, in the kind of subtitle version I saw, it, it seems to suggest that he's a brother, a younger brother, not... Okay. Yeah. Um, like, rather than just like, again, man-servant. Um, so, anyway, um, and then, so they kind of land on this kind of quote-unquote gag, where it's like, um, where the, where they already know the mother and the father already know he has um, he is blind, but then he's trying to do training with the with the brother, and the brother's struggling to do training with him, and then it, the brother kind of says like, oh, he's not just blind; it looks like he's got brain damage too. And then Jackie Chan turns around and does this kind of uh, face, you know, which yeah. is a kind of not not very politically correct now um and basically dimension films who released the film in north america thought this gag was in bad taste because it's kind of making fun of brain damage or or, you know uh mentally handicapped people um so they they cut it they cut it out in the movie and it, it is kind of like a it's kind of an 
again, one of those gags that physically sold well, but at the same time, you're kind of like, mm, not sure I want to laugh at that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like mm, feel a little uncomfortable. So, like, I can kind of get their, their point. You know, often when, you know, things are uh, often um, when things have been picked up, particularly when things were picked up by, like, uh, Miramax or you know whatever and and like you know Harvey Weinstein was involved and it, like there's a number of uh you know these kind of films uh, non English language films that were were butchered for American release um uh, by uh, by them but in in this one particular case I, I can kind of see their their point of view yeah no I see and that would have been great to because so not only was the audio not there but there were no subtitles for the sequence either so that's why i thought mm. is this some sort of director weird director's choice that we're just like getting it all silent <laughs> during this <laughs> portion like what is because it feels weird now but um no it's just a mistake on yeah. your dvd unfortunately <laughs> yeah. um, so then he yeah because you don't even hear the stuff about him being blind or anything like that all you mm -hmm. see really is the them their mouths moving and then him doing the turnaround thing <laughs> right yeah 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 so here it is where yes. here we here we here we go it, it's interesting i do feel like these jackie episodes as much as i love doing them as much as i love revisiting the jackie chan film yeah i do feel like they're quite difficult to do because yeah. um usually um whether we're doing it in a kind of humorous way or whether we're doing it in a kind of very chin strokey serious way which you know occasionally we do do listener um yeah. usually we're kind of deconstructing plot and plot points and narrative and talking about that and really digging into that and because the narratives are usually so light and skimpy in jackie chan films generally because the action is so complex and yeah. action is harder to talk about than than, than yes. plot <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think that this is a, we do kind of keep coming on these kind of stumbling blocks where we do try and talk about some of the funniness or, or of maybe tonal shifts or, or maybe you know some of the things we've talked about some of the comedy that doesn't quite work or whatever um but the meat of the movie you know the thing you really watching the movie for and the, the most interesting thing about the movie is the action sequences is the, the fight sequences and we have to say as neither of us even though i did some martial art training when i was younger neither of us are <laughs> martial arts masters it does make it more complex to talk about for yes. us than uh the kind of traditional episode where you know something's a bit more uh got a bit more plot to kind of uh, stick our teeth into and kind of uh digest and uh, and and analyze but we will shall endeavor to do our yes. very best to describe uh this final fight sequence in all its magnificent glory and it really is magnificent isn't it craig it is um so what they realize through all of the different kind of plot stuff that loosely happens as you already stated <laughs> that um they are smuggling out chinese artifacts to sell the british museums and the per what and then some of the workers were captured trying to get this message out to wong fei hung and now they're all basically going in to get them out and to stop it from happening and so wong fei hung hung 
goes in at first alone with while the others are kind of helping fight some of the goons on the outside and yeah so it's just him in this ironworks area against initially i think about five of the goons plus the um two baddies like, you know and then yeah, there's yeah henry and there's a brit yeah there's a british villain as well who there's a couple of them i feel like but then they just don't pop up there's like a it's a, British I think official, that's one of the disappointments, yeah. actually, because yeah. there's like a main British villain who's, you know, is very uh, over the top and, and, and kind of comical and pantomime-y. And um, yeah, I did want to see him like get his comeuppance. I mean, yeah. obviously, uh, obviously, he's never presented as a fighter. He's just one of those kind of scheming politician type villains. But it would have been good to, you know, see him getting kicked in the head or thrown out a window or something you know like just yeah. <laughs> just get his comeuppance too <laughs> no i agree as well i because i didn't think he was going to be the main fight but i was like at least something's got to happen to him right but no after the kind of torture scene you don't really see him again <laughs> yeah i think we're just supposed to let be led to presume that like he's just um you know, got his kind of tail between his legs and just is kind of scurried off back to Britain in the night kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so he's going in there. Right now, he said he wouldn't drink. So he's sober. He's doing the fighting, but not the drunken boxing style. And this is when you start getting the kind of the sandbags going up. Or not, they're not even sandbags. They're like full canisters like smashing up and down you have like bars being swung at Jackie Chan and more dirt being thrown at him even fire being <laughs> thrown at him <laughs> and people catching on fire yeah it's a yeah it's a very intense scene and which leads to Jackie Chan getting um what he gets caught on fire several times he does get caught on fire it, several times. Where he has to there, like dump think, sand on himself and yeah. Yeah. I think the kind of the craziest one is so like there's kind of there's kind of two bits to this fight sequence. Like so it kind of takes up about the last 20 minutes of the film. Um and uh, initially, like you say, you know, it's it's the you know, his kind of team. Uh, you know, him going in and fighting the henchmen, and you, you see different fighting going on. And then there's like a kind of final kind of it's roughly eight minute sequence where it's just him mainly fighting uh, Ken Lowe's character, John, but also fighting Henry a little bit. Um, and that's where the kind of most intense action happens. And their fight is incredible. And yeah. one of the most, you know, what you say gets caught on fire a, a, a few times. But one of the most insane ones is in the kind of one-on-one -on -one with Ken Lo, uh, where they're initially fighting. Uh, Ken Lo is showing off his his Taekwondo, and as you talked about earlier, in terms of things you know you think uh, a human body shouldn't be able to do, yes. um, uh, Ken Lo shows off that he uh, can uh, not only uh, do great. Taekwondo uh, uh, head kicks, uh, but he can also do a standing splits and hold the standing splits for apparently <laughs> just ages, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, and apparently not 
rip his groin apart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just talking like normal, and she, that whole <laughs> sequence. Yeah, I mean, you have Jackie when he because you see his he's doing this uh, again. We're not experts. Um, like this leg flick thing where he's twisting his leg back and forth and kick whipping it around and it's just going so rapid it and, is um, insane yeah. and then <laughs> jackie how... does one of the most insane stunts which apparently he had to do twice because he felt he didn't get it right the first time uh where he like crawls backwards across hot coals yeah um which and um, the real hot coals um yeah. <laughs> Uh, because Jackie is a total madman. Um, and it's, I mean, obviously, they get the most out of that. They do the kind of slow motion kind of replay shot that um, all the kind of bestest stunts uh, uh, get in uh, Hong Kong uh, action movies. But, like, yeah. I mean, watching it is quite painful. And then seeing it again in yep. the bloopers is just like, oh. I mean, what was your feeling reaction watching Jackie crawl backwards over hot coals? It no, it was because you know, so much so nowadays, you know, it's all um digitalized or whatever. Um where you're watching this and then seeing the bloopers knowing it's real, and you're like, oh, all he really has is like they kind of moist moistened his back some to kind of help you know deal with the burden of that even you know the catching on fire stuff or even there's like the at one point where the there's these giant canisters falling smashing to the ground towards him and he and you see it in the blooper that he misses the roll and it lands right on his arm yeah and yeah so you're just kind of watching what he went through to get these stunts and um so he starts drinking that the way it's set up too they talk about with the drunken boxing it's like an offhanded comment the alcohol the sole purpose of it is that it takes away the the pain receptors yes. basically so it, to, like yeah, yeah so the father does mention in it like when when talking about it that um that that's the that's the purpose of the alcohol that it does not increase uh the fighter's skill level at all it just makes them in theory uh, impervious to pain so it you know they could just keep going um uh against the opponent and you really see that especially when he takes the first drink or so I, they must have had to kind of paint some of his face red or add makeup to it because after he drinks the industrial alcohol his face is red the entire time and yes. he is just like coming at um, kind of the main bad guy. Although getting... talking about makeup effects, I yeah. do it um, when Jackie first drinks the industrial alcohol and then spits fire out oh, yes. Um, yes. against Henry. Um, Henry has like a very funny kind of burnt makeup effects on his face and a very bad wig. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which kind of dulled the impact of, of, of the brutalness of that moment. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but it was funny, I guess, for the um but yeah, no, he so he drinks this alcohol and then he's just coming after them 
like a madman by getting hit and like smashed and but he just keeps going and there's this scene where it's like he'll get hit back and then he just keeps doing this yell and charging and but it's very like even though it's very skilled in terms of the martial art that's being used all that there's this kind of um not gritty but there's this roughness to the fighting I, you know? I it's not elegant like yeah no i i i totally agree with what yeah. you're saying and i i think like there it's kind of funny because it, there is these kind of points where it is uh kind of um played for kind of played for laughs and um you know it, it's kind of made funny but at the same time there is this kind of brutalness to the fight because like when he's doing the thing where he's drunk alcohol and he's supposed to be impervious to pain there's certain moments and certain like kind of hits that look you feel the impact of the hit you know yeah. like you know like ken low like kicks him in the head and like yeah. you feel the impact of that shot and but he just eats it and like continues forward and yeah. you're like and you can just tell that i mean i'm sure ken low like held back a little bit like yeah. you know because like he, he uh, you know he does um he 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 did or does uh, Taekwondo and has won Taekwondo tournaments. So I'm sure he didn't like fully hit Jackie with like his absolute best shot, but it doesn't look like he's holding back that much. It still yeah. looks like Jackie takes quite a hit to the head. <laughs> yeah. Because it even shows at one point them charging at each other during the bloopers and hitting into one another and then they have to stop because both of them have nosebleeds or something like they smashed face first into each other yeah and yeah so you're kind of watching this and he's getting um again the whole movie i'd say in general it doesn't have like the elegance that comes with some martial arts because where there's a lot of crashing into stuff there's a lot of yeah it's just rough around the edges all of it <laughs> and it it adds to it but um yeah just the intensity of everything of him falling through stuff or um getting smashed with chairs or so on and just at one point because he's been drinking the alcohol it's like he's just so angry that then he just smashes a, what is it it's like a container for no yes. reason it's not even he just punches it yeah to like let off some of the steam yeah i think like there's like a kind of I think you're right. I think um, you know there is martial art movies, particularly martial art movies that um, the kind of uh, House of Flying Daggers, kind of Crouching yeah. Tiger, Hidden Dragon, kind of uh, wire work heavy uh, kind of martial art kind of films that that do. There's a, this real kind of um, refined elegance uh, to to the the fighting that that comes with the wire work, but yeah. this this is like just rowdy chaos this yeah. is like like there's i mean i mean it's uh if you watch it it's, it's still very skilled it's still very on point yeah. um but it's just so much more chaotic it's so much more messy uh th this but, type of fighting and and like yeah it does it does have a lot of impact which is not to denigrate the kind of uh the kind of more refined looking kind of wire work uh, kung fu which i also enjoy but like um yeah it just this this is just pure cartoon chaos uh in, in you know throughout throughout this film well even compared to the fight scenes prior 
because yes like this one this fight scene particularly after he drinks the alcohol even there's a point where he's like nuzzling his face into ken Lo's face and there's a there's a part of you that it feels like is he biting him in the face right now yeah like, no he, is... there's a bit there, there's a bit where he like bites his nose uh, to, yeah. to get to get out of um to get out of like a kind of bear hug thing that he's doing yeah. um so so yeah and and there there's another part where like um uh john does the, the same to jackie where jackie's doing like a kind of bear oh, hug yeah, thing john, yeah. and then and, and and john just kind of like rubs his chin into his eye kind yeah. of thing to, to get to get out of it but i do wonder if that difference comes from um like jackie directing this final sequence and i think like this is the action that jackie wanted whereas yeah. i think um because the the fighting gets more kind of comic and chaotic throughout the movie it, it, it you know there's a gradual build to it and yeah. we get to this finale but i think the the initial the very first fight off the train um and under the bridge the kind of stick and spear fight um that uh, that, that jackie has with uh, master fu um who is you know also the the original director i think that's that kind of grounded fighting style is what the original director wanted like yeah. that that kind of style throughout the movie that is a bit grittier that is a bit more kind of hard-hitting in a way um but this is clearly this the the fine this ironworks fight sequence this is clearly the action that jackie wanted the most and then once the uh, the original director walked off set I think then Jackie was allowed to kind of have purely have what his vision of what he wanted the fighting to be. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's probably uh, what okay. makes the difference. That make yeah, that makes sense because it does feel drastically different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a whole nother level of intensity, and I, it's hard to again since we're not experts and. I don't know. It's one of those. If you decide to stick with this episode as an audience and <laughs> haven't watched the movie yet, it is hard to put into words like, just the intensity of it. I don't know. Yeah. Without without seeing, you know, having seen the movie, like I wouldn't be able to. I, I don't think my partner has never seen this film. I don't know how I'd be able to describe, like, give an appropriate description of <laughs> what I watched during that final bit. No, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure either that I I could. But I, what I can say is, um, I that I love that final fight sequence. I think there's yeah. many great <laughs> moments in it. Um, like we talked about some of the comical, this kind of small comical moments, uh, like you know the the kind of uh, the getting out with the chin or the or the biting and and uh, I love the like the the you know spitting fire thing and, and then and then beating up henry and i particularly love how the fight ends so like basically um john uh, is like his moves are, are slowly getting less and less effective because jackie's just powering through them the, the head kicks that were and all the kicks that were getting him before you know just aren't doing the same and even when he even a kick that knocks him down he just kind of springs back up and jumps kind of diagonally straight at him like you know like an arrow um and then uh wong fei hun wins the fight um because he knocks john down 
he then does a, a move where it's like a kind of rapid foot action that kind of he's, he kind of essentially slaps him with his foot, you know, multiple times. Then he picks him up into a wheelbarrow and then uh, <laughs> with both legs into a wheelbarrow and then kicks him into it, kicks him in the, his face, which uh, shoots him against a wall. He then picks him up in a fireman's carry and then slams him into a box, uh, yeah. knocking him out and or killing him. We don't know. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is how the fight is won. And I think it's a spectacular way to end the fight. Well, and I like the fact that he does that thing, and it happens earlier too, but where he takes his head and he like puts it around his, like he keeps spinning it around his arms. Like yes. almost like what you would do with a basketball or something. Like, I don't know how to describe it, <laughs> but he's like almost just moving his head around his body, um, which I know is a hor weird way for me to describe that. And I don't think it gives the visual appropriately, but um, <laughs> but just basically making him dizzy, like juggling his head around. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we can only apologize um <laughs> listener that our vocabulary and our, our 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 lack of martial arts knowledge i mean like like i say i've always liked martial arts i've done some martial arts when i was younger um i've, I've watched tons of martial arts movies but i'm not i'm not a master I'm not an expert um i was barely out of being a beginner so like um uh in terms of my own martial arts experience so our vocabulary fails to describe the the kind of the true uh, greatness um, uh, of this sequence, but I hope uh, we've 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 very much tried our best uh, to impress upon you uh, just how good uh, th this final fight is, and I I hope that that has come across uh, in, in the end. Um, but yeah, I mean that is pretty much uh, Drunken Master Two uh, in the books. Um, I'm I'm not sure if i would uh, put it in my top 10 action movies of all time i'm not sure i would, could even compile a top 10 action movie of all time that's that's too much i have done one for the, for the 90s it, it could very well be in the top 10 of the 90s for sure it's uh, it's what definitely one of the uh, great action movies from the 90s i would re recommend any action movie fan particularly if you're into martial art movies to definitely check out this movie um but Craig, yes, we, that's uh, pretty much in the bag. Do you have any other final thoughts or things to say about Drunken Master Two? Um, no, I would I would agree that I would say that much like other Jackie Chan movies, don't watch it for the the plot at all. Um, the fight sequences are brilliant, and I think for that reason, is yeah, it's. No wonder why it's rated so high because um especially that final fight alone even if the rest of the movie did not have any fighting whatsoever that final fight alone is incredible but you also have the, there's a whole axe gang fight sequence there's um, several others that are amazing and yeah so i i definitely recommend it to anybody that wants to just I guess watch an action movie in general, but specifically the '90s, just to say this is one you really need to watch to see where what inspired so many others, potentially, you know, um, consciously, subconsciously, or not at all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is definitely top tier 
Jackie. So um, yeah, uh, definitely recommend that, that people check it out. Um, so uh, before we head on out, before we close this episode completely, uh, do you have any anything you want to plug, Craig, that you're you're working on? And uh, you know, just give out your normal uh, social media details that we we do at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, at this moment, I'm not really. It's yeah. I don't think there's much to plug. Um, slowly making way at a. I think that I've plugged before, kind of a documentary, um, stand-up show that is about offensive comedy, and then I am, which will happen in may of 2024 after this whole incubation workshop process where i'm going to be testing it out over the next several months and then if you want to follow me you can add guilty animals which is under twitter or what it's called x now and then instagram and so on also occasionally i do a um horror podcast called bloodhound picks where we mainly just talk about kind of obscure horror films occasionally and occasionally we'll um, talk to people within the horror community and stuff like that. But mainly it's just obscure horror films. But yeah, follow me on any of those. Excellent. Okay. And if you're wanting to, to follow this show on social media, you can. Um, we've got a Twitter or X or whatever Elon Musk wants to call it, you know. <laughs> It's Twitter. Everybody's still going to call it Twitter, Elon. Just get over it. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're at 90s action there. Um, and in case uh, Elon Musk has, has killed uh, Twitter, uh, we now have a Facebook page um, as well that I recently uh, set up. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like by this, by the stage you're listening to this in January, I don't know. I might have looked into to threads or Mastodon or one of those other ones that, that people are are jumping onto because uh, Twitter is uh, dying a death. Uh, so yeah, uh, check us out there. Leave us any comments. Um, as always, we would be delighted if you rate, review, and subscribe to us on spotify or oh, stitcher doesn't exist anymore so not there um but basically spotify and apple Podcasts are your main ones um that you know really boost the the old algorithm um if you you give us a five star rating and leave us our review so if you want to do that we that would be highly highly appreciated um but uh all this leaves me for to do now is to say cheerio uh to to you all and also come back Come back again here next month where we will be talking about the ice tea actioner surviving the game. <laughs> Until then, though, see ya. <laughs>